Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Well, good morning. I'm a little bit out of sorts this weekend because I am still in vacation mode, right? So just join me and just, ah, right? Some of you, who's back to school already? Anyone? Some of you back to school, some teachers, ah, Mark's like, ah, yeah, back to school. I'm still on vacation mode. I I took this last week off um, to just be home and just rest Uh, to try to soak up the last bits of summer. And I'm here today, but this next week I'm taking taking the week off too because um, I have all this vacation time I haven't used and I decided now is the time to do it because this Thursday we have a major event happening in our household. Brianna is going to kindergarten, right? And so many of you parents who, who have gone down that road in the past, you've You've already sent your kids off to kindergarten or Pastor Jonathan dropped Daniel off at at, uh, Ohio Wesleyan at college uh, last week. You know know that road very well, right? But this is a first for us, for Becca and I. Brianna's our oldest and she's going to all-day kindergarten. and, um, And so we want to make the most of these last bits of summer. And so how fitting that that our text for today is about Sabbath rest, right? Um, as I've tried to enjoy some Sabbath at home. And, and the way that I typically think about Sabbath is probably a way that, that you typically think about the word Sabbath, which is resting from work, right? That's certainly a facet, an aspect of Sabbath, that on six days work ought to be done, but on the seventh day that shall be a day of, of rest, Right? And the origins of this go all the way back to creation, how God created the the heavens and the earth in six days and on the seventh day rested. And it was that gift for humanity, it was that gift for creation to simply enjoy what God had created, right? And so each one of us, every person here, we have the DNA, the, the heart of God inside of us. Because we are created in God's image. God has fashioned us to be like God. And so if we are like God, created in God's image, then there's a part of us that enjoys the work of creation, right? There is a part of each one of us that that enjoys creating, forming things. Some of us, we create spreadsheets. Some of us, we create things with our actual hands or our hearts. But there's an element inside of us that that is designed, I believe, to be productive, to make things, to make relationships and to make homes and to make workplaces. We're designed for that. We're created for that. And the evidence is everywhere, right? Look at the world that God and humanity have co-created together we have skyscrapers and gadgets and cars and 
and things that can fly to the moon and back. We are good at creating. But in God's wisdom, God knows that we can go a little overboard on the creation side of things. And so God has designed for us this rhythm of life where we can prioritize Sabbath and rest. Now, I believe that the commandment of the Ten Commandments that Americans are comfortable violating and breaking the most of all the Ten Commandments, we break and violate all of them, all of the time, all of us are guilty, but the one we're most comfortable breaking is that of honoring the Sabbath. Yeah, it's important, it's, yeah, whatever, but productivity, right? More, more, more. Uh, we're just marinating in this culture that, that doesn't prioritize true rest. And so when we enter a conversation around Sabbath, I think that it's important to state from the beginning that, that we need it. We need rest. But biblical Sabbath has far many more layers to it and meanings than just resting from work. It's important, but something else is happening here. And in Luke chapter 13, we see that Jesus, this rebel-rousing rabbi who's already had some conflicts with the authorities of his day, He's in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And now it would not have been a violation for a rabbi to teach on the Sabbath. Um, so he's there in the synagogue teaching on the Sabbath when Jesus notices a woman, right? A woman who's bent over, who's hunched down. Can you imagine her gaze is, is straight toward the ground? And Jesus notices her and he lays his hands on her and he heals her. He says, woman, stand up straight. You have been cured of your ailment. And when she is healed, the first thing she does is she praises God in the assembly of God's people. She praises God. For 18 years, she lived in bondage. And now she's set free. You'd think that everyone would be rejoicing and celebrating. But we know that the authorities there in the synagogue were told that they grow indignant because they believe that Jesus has violated the Sabbath command to not work. He's healed. He's performed a miracle. He's performed a cure on the Sabbath. And so they get angry with Jesus because they have taken this, this encouragement, this commandment from God to enjoy creation, to rest, and they've turned it into this checklist of sorts. And they're following it very legalistically. You cannot do this. You can do this. We know that, that the people of the time had long lists of rules on how far you could walk and what you could do and what you could not do so that to make sure that, that you were in alignment with God's wishes to honor the Sabbath. And so they're focusing on the rituals and they're losing out on the relational aspect of Sabbath. But Jesus, as Jesus always does, points the people back to the heart of the matter, Right? And so the first thing I take away from this story about this woman that Jesus heals is that Jesus is showing people that people matter most. That people matter most to God. And so the authorities get upset 
But if we read this carefully, we see that they're not only upset with Jesus for breaking what they believe is the Sabbath command, they're upset with this woman and potentially others like her who have come hoping for a healing. This is what they say. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, there are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days to be healed, not on our Sabbath day. How dare you? How dare you in your ailment, hunched, how dare you come and violate our pious, perfect moment? This is a moment for teaching. This is where our intellects are expanded and our hearts are warmed and we don't need to be bothered by you and your, your sickly nature. There are six days which you could come and find a healing and you know any of us could do it. I mean, I know Jesus did it, but I could do it too, right? No, they can't. They can't. Do you see the irony in this? Do, do you see the hypocrisy in this? They have prioritized their Sabbath and they've lost the ability to see that the suffering in their midst have no Sabbath. Do you see that? So they've prioritized, because of their, their piety or whatever it is, their ability to rest, while f- totally failing to see that there are people in their midst who have no rest who have no Sabbath because they're hurting and they're aching and they're yearning to be set free. Now, something that might be really, really helpful for us is to go back into Deuteronomy and to actually read the commandment, to actually read the part here where God gave the people the encouragement for Sabbath rest. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. That, you'll, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well with you. So let's pause here. The first encouragement here is that this is inclusive Sabbath. It's not just about you, the owner of the household. It's about your children. It's about your servants. It's about your donkeys and your livestock. It's about the alien farmer who's working in your midst. Everyone should Sabbath not just you. And if you violate that, you violate the Sabbath law. So that's the first point we should take away. But then it gets even more interesting. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day you shall remember that God liberated you from your bondage and the Sabbath is given first to rest from your work yes 
But secondly, to remember that you were in bondage and God liberated you. It's not just about resting from your labor. It's about resting from your labor so that you might remember your liberation. So what would honor the Sabbath more than for Jesus to liberate a woman from her bondage on the Sabbath? Who's honoring the Sabbath? Christ. Because he is ensuring that all of God's people may rest. Liberation is at the heart of Sabbath. Fascinating, isn't it? Liberation. This is a whole new way of thinking about Sabbath for me. It's been there the whole time, but I haven't really focused on it. It's almost as if we could stretch that even further and say that what Sabbath um, affords us is an opportunity to be connected back to the relationships that matter most. That Sabbath is this ability to be connected again, to be tethered again to the story of God and how God sets us free, but also it has this power to connect us to one another if we allow it. While I've been off all week, I have a long honey-do list, not just from Becca, but from me. Uh, you know Becca's been injured this year, and you can imagine that with the stress of two kids and, and our lives and work and her injury, the house is a mess. Our basement needs worked on. Our garage needs cleaned out. The cars need waxed and washed. I have this long list, right? And, and I'll admit, when I agreed to take some time off here to be at home, a big part of that was me kind of getting excited about tackling all these projects. But every morning, Brianna has a way of, of foiling those plans, right? And I've been reminded this last week that when she goes back to school, she's going to be in school all day, every day, for the next 12 plus years. And it won't matter if the basement's organized, and it won't matter if the car is waxed, and it won't matter that we've got tricycles flowing out of the garage. You literally open the garage and they just pour out. That won't matter. But what matters here is that we could find moments to connect. We could find moments to share in which together a six-year-old and her dad and mom and brother could be liberated from the expectations that everything has to be perfect so that we might focus once again on what truly matters, one another. So my challenge and my encouragement for you is this. When you find time to rest, may you invest in a relationship. May your rest truly be rest and not other types of work. May you be connected once again to the heart of your God that, that wants to set you free from everything that weighs you down. And may we also have eyes to see those in our midst who are not afforded the luxury of days off or weeks off. Those who labor tirelessly. Those who are struggling. 
those who need set free. And may we invest a little bit of our time and our energy to give them Sabbath as well. For nothing would honor God more than if we would have eyes to see all of the children of God that he loves so dearly. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.